Welcome to the Coaching for Leaders podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dave Show. Today we're going to be covering a range of topics on leadership, life purpose, goals, and what you're doing in your life to be happy. I'm a business coach, life coach, and I got a bit of woo-woo in me. I've been creating leaders for over 25 years, and I hope that this show inspires you to bring out your hidden potential and empowers you to live your passion. Let's go ahead and start today's show. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's show. I hope you guys are all having a great day as you're listening to this. I want to thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Today, I thought we would talk about what it means to have people trust in you. You know, as as a leader, as a healer, as a person, uh, you know, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, what does that mean? that people begin to trust in you. In previous episodes, we've talked about what it means to have boundaries. We've talked about what it means to forgive yourself, to claim your personal power, you know, to, to live you know, your authentic self, all these different things we've talked about. But what does that mean Like when, when you do that? When, when you worked on yourself and yourself just yourself, okay, I, I am a good person. I've calmed that inner voice and I, I look in the mirror and my biggest thing I've been saying lately is I'm a gift to the world. <laughs> Much to my husband's dismay, <laughs> I kind of repeat that daily, um, especially when he asked me to do laundry. You know, it's like, I can't do laundry. I'm a gift to the world. That's like a, a big thing here. <laughs> um, and what was really funny is the other day I, I did something and uh, he was actually kind of happy with me. And he was like, well, you know, you are a gift to the world after all. And I was like, yes, it's starting to take, you know, if I say it enough, other people will start saying it. But the thing is, is that I believe in my self-worth and I believe in my gifts and I believe in me so much that I really believe that. And that's not vanity, that's not narcissism, because it, it you know, it, there's a lot of compassion involved. So I feel that I have so many gifts and I feel in my heart that I'm a good person who wants to help others. I want to lead others. I want to, to do things for others. I want to dedicate my life to helping others. And because of that, I feel good about myself. And I feel good about myself for the first time in years. I'm, I'm 52 years old. And my self-confidence has, I don't think I've, it's been as high since I was a kid, you know, and I'm talking like, you know, when, when you're in that sweet spot of five to eight years old where everybody loves you and everybody's like, you're so wonderful. You can be anything you want to be when you grow up, you know, you, you know, I, I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. And you've got, you know, all these aunts and uncles and grandparents and they're all just showering you with love. That's exactly how I feel right now. But I feel all of that showering of love coming from myself instead of others. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of the previous episodes I've talked about has been what you can do in order to feel that. So once you get to that level, once you feel that, what, what does that mean? How do you get people to trust in you? How do you get people to follow you when you feel that way? And there's a lot of things that you can do. I, you know, I, I always, when I'm working with people, uh, working with leaders, especially working with healers, I say um, one of the biggest things you can do is listen. You don't need to solve every problem that, that's, that comes before you. 
because that's just arrogance. If I solved every problem with people who told me their problems, I, I, I wouldn't have enough time in the day. But what I do do, uh, I said do do, um, what I do do <laughs> is I listen. I actively listen to someone. I will hold space and, and sit there and listen to what people say. And sometimes that's enough. Because I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm turning off my cell phone. I'm stop looking at the computer. I stop talking. And I just listen to what they have to say. And that makes them feel validated. It makes them feel seen. And that's such a rare thing nowadays. Because someone's trying to talk to you. You're distracted. You know, someone is trying to, to tell you a problem. And you're, you go into, oh, I can fix you mode. You know, or they come to you with an issue and you're just too busy. So when you actively listen to someone and make them feel like you're seeing them, that you're hearing them, that they matter, that is such an incredible, incredible tool. And that's one of the, the building blocks of trust is how as a leader, how as an entrepreneur, how as a healer that you're listening to me. I recently went to the uh, doctor's office with my mom. Uh, many of you know my mom has stage four breast cancer. Uh, it's gone into her bones. It's gone into her lungs. I mean, I mean it, it's everywhere. And it's been this way for seven years. And she's in constant pain. I, I mean, constant. They, they remo- you know, They removed so many parts of her. Um, with lymph nodes and, and her, her breath, her gallbladder's gone, and, you know, all these different things that she's just in constant pain. So trying to get her pain managed has been difficult. And I'm sitting there talking to a nurse practitioner the other day, and the woman, I was asking questions, and the woman wouldn't even look at me as she's answering questions. She would not acknowledge that I had concerns that I walk into a room and see my mom crying because she's doubled over in pain laying on the bed and we don't know what to do. And the cowardice that was in this nurse practitioner was shocking because it was complete denial that she's even in pain, complete denial that she was in pain from the cancer in the areas of, of her body where my mom was saying that there was pain. She's like, well, there's no cancer there, so it's not our responsibility. This woman was not actively listening to me. I can say that as a son and as a leader, by the time I got done, that entire doctor's office was listening to me. So, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, it, let's just say that we are now with a new doctor's office and the old doctor's office is calling and apologizing all over themselves. Uh, but it's too little too late because this one person would not listen to me when you're in any kind of healing modality and you are trying to help someone and you're not listening to their concerns. You are not a healer when you're in a leadership role whether a solopreneur, entrepreneur, corporate position, management position, anything, and you're not listening 
to the people that you lead, you're not a leader. Okay, You have to listen. You cannot sit here and think that you know it all and that you're right. I think one of the biggest, biggest problems that we have right now as a society is that we have to fucking be right. No. Oh, my God. I am wrong so much more than I am right. You know? Seriously, if you're listening to advice from me, you really sunk into a low level at times. Because, uh, again, I am wrong so much more than I'm right. However, when I am right, I kind of nail it. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So I, I just I need you to think about that, though. Is being right more important to you than being an authentic person who listens and helps others, who leads others. I need you to ask yourself that question. I need you to be able to say, no, I don't always need to be right. I'd rather deal with the facts. I would rather deal with the facts of the situation and just kind of let things unfold and see where they lead and not make any prejudgments, not make any pre-informed decisions based off of what I think is right. And I just want to gather all the facts and I want to analyze the situation, but I also want to bring in some compassion into the situation. I want to bring in some emotion to the situation. And I want to lead or heal someone in an authentic way where it's a win-win for everybody. Because I don't need to always be right. Whenever I'm in any kind of negotiations with any kind of contract talks or any kind of deals or things like that, I don't go into it expecting that 100% things are going to go my way. Because a true negotiation is not like that. A true negotiation... And a true resolution to something, you have to make concessions. But as long as parts of what I wanted are in the contract, or you know that that they that the person that I'm negotiating with has also made concessions, that we're both getting things out of the contract, that we're both making concessions, that's a real negotiation. But when you walk into a room and you're like, okay, it's black and white. It's my way or the highway. It's what I say goes. You don't matter. You're just an ass. And that's the truth. You know, I, I know a, a leader right now who surrounds himself by vulnerable people with low self-esteem and he takes advantage of them. And it's, it's extremely sad. Because his own self-worth is, if I can make people feel bad, then I'm an incredible man. If I can make people feel like shit by yelling at them and degrade them, and at the same time I'm helping them, I'm going to give them money. I'm going to give them time. I'm going to give them resources. I'm going to give them education so that they're beholden to me. 
so that I can hold that over their head anytime I want them to do something and they tell me no. Because that's the kind of leader I am. And because this, you know, I surround myself with people with low self-esteem who are loyal, then oop, my phone's on. Sorry about that. If I surround myself with people who are like that, who are loyal, and I can push them and make them feel worse about themselves, they're still they're still not going to leave me. They're not going to quit because they have nobody else. And I'm intentionally surrounding myself with people like that. That is the it's stupid. I've always been the type of person who wants to surround myself with people who are much smarter, who are much more put together, who are much more incredible at sharing their skills and gifts, and who care. And that's a support system. I'm not taking advantage of them because I bring my authentic self to the table as well. And I'm adding two things and, and I help and I do and I, I, I lead when I can. But when you when you literally have someone in your life that just demeans you and treats you horribly, they never listen to you, then how can you trust them? And yeah, you're loyal and you don't want to hurt them because they did a couple of nice things for you. When is it enough that you're going to stand up for yourself and be like, no, you're not going to treat me like shit anymore. So that's a lot of where active listening comes in. Because not only as a leader do you need to actively listen, but also as a follower, you need to actively listen. Listen to how you're being treated. Are you being treated with respect? Are you setting boundaries to the point to where when you talk, they are listening, and then they talk, you're listening. Because if you have a good leader who does all the things that, that I have talked about with good qualities, and you think you always have to be right, then you're not a good follower. Okay, so it goes both ways. It really does. Because you have to know when to respond. You have to set expectations of what this relationship is like, whether it's with a healer, whether it's with a, a leader, whether it's with your family, your husband, your wife, anything. You have to remove certain expectations. You have to remove judgments. You have to look at nonverbal cues to see how this person is talking to you. And you need to be aware of that. So when you begin to lead yourself and you begin to lead others and you're in this role where people come to you, you need to make sure that when you respond, it's appropriate. And when you respond, it's not in a way of you demeaning someone or judging someone. I was working with someone last week and they're they're helping me with uh with, with one of my clients and you know, i was getting some advice from them because it was a, a situation like that where I, I just needed to reach out and go into my support system and 
I was having a phone conversation and it got kind of dark because, you know, I'm asking for help. And then the person I'm asking for help just starts judging and saying mean things about my client. Like, you know, well, it's, it's stupid that she does this and it's stupid that she acts this way. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I, I came to you looking for advice, not judgment. So evidently I chose poorly. You know, and I called him out. And he's like, well, no, 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 wait. That, that, I, I didn't mean that. I'm like, no, but he said it. So again, I'm looking for non judgmental advice for a situation. Because what right do you have to judge her? You don't know the circumstances. What right do I have to judge her? Okay. She came to me for help. And as a healer or leader, I'm going to fucking judge her? Fuck that. That's stupid. You don't like to be judged. So why would you judge someone else who's actively looking to improve themselves? Who's actively looking for some kind of something better in their life? Looking for a new job, looking for a way to improve, looking to improve their current situation. Uh, you know, if, if you're working in the corporate world, someone who's looking for a promotion, someone who's looking for a raise, they're trying to better their life and they're asking for advice and help and they're asking to improve and you're judging them based on the things that they currently do means that you're not holding space in order to allow them to grow and improve and expand who they are. So if you want people to trust in you, you have to, you have to actively listen. You have to know when to respond. You have to know when to remove expectations. You have to know when not to judge. And you have to know what nonverbal cues are so you can see how the person's responding to you as you communicate. If you see them sit back in their chair, slump their shoulders and cross their arms, you need to acknowledge the fact that you probably just lost them in the conversation. And you need to be okay with, I need to backpedal some. And I'm wrong currently. And let me get them back. And a lot of time, I just acknowledge it. I, I will be with someone and, I, and I'm talking and I see them, that non-verbal cue going on. And I'm like, okay, so evidently something I just said, I just lost you. So either I offended you or I'm not listening to what you're saying. How about we clarify this? Tell me how you're feeling right now. Why did, why did I just lose you? And it comes out to a real, a real conversation at that point. And they start engaging again because I acknowledge the fact that I was doing something wrong. If you want people to trust you, you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with acknowledging that, you know what, I'm just human as well. Yeah, I, I might have a higher position or I might have a company or I might have a skill or something that makes me a specialist. But that doesn't mean I'm always right. It doesn't mean that my importance is more than you. Because my specialty, my service, my leadership is only good if I have someone like you 
working with me or as a client. We're doing an exchange of currency, an exchange of goods, an exchange of services or something. And I can't exist without you. So I need you to know that I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you work here. I'm grateful that you are a client. I'm grateful that you are giving me money for my services or that you're earning money for our company. I'm grateful for that. And because of that, I don't have to be right. But does that make sense what I'm saying? Be respectful and honor the people who follow you and you will gain loyalty, trust, and support if you're authentic. If you ever feel that you have to demean someone who works for you or a client or in my case, a patient when I went there with my mom, if you feel that you are so right all the time that you have to be that way and that other people's thoughts and feelings don't matter. You just want the outcome that you want. Then you need to seriously take a look at yourself because that's not good. I always talk about the importance of conflict. I really, really think conflict is important, but it has to be healthy conflict. Conflict where you diminish another person or make them feel horrible. It's not the right kind of conflict. If you're going to have people trust you, if you're going to have people follow you, you need to feel comfortable with conflict, but your conflict has to be healthy because of dealing with a situation or an event or something, not the person, not the, you suck and I'm right. So that's our conflict. But the conflict is, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm your, I'm your current supervisor and you arrive five minutes late to your shift every day. And I want to talk to you about this. What, what is it that makes you late every day? Because what happens when you're late is we get started late with our group meetings. So you have people waiting on you five minutes and six people. I just wasted 30 minutes of payroll waiting on you every day. So that adds up after, you know, during a week of payroll. So I need you to be on time. Is there something that we need to do in order to help you realize that you need to be here five minutes early, not five minutes late? Because I've been saying it and you're not listening. So now I'm saying it for the final time, or I'm going to say it on paper because here is some written documentation for coaching and I'm going to write you up. So you tell me, how can we resolve this? That's healthy conflict. Because you're not attacking the person. You're dealing with the situation. You're explaining what's happening. You're asking what support they need. 
you know, I, and it, it's funny because that actually happened one time to me and the person does not have a car and their current bus schedule is they either arrive to work an hour and a half early or they got here five minutes late. So they chose to be five minutes late every day rather than be an hour and a half early, but they didn't discuss it. And all it took was me shifting their schedule a little bit. It was a win-win on all parts. The person stopped being late. The person stopped being talked about by everybody at work because they were always like, oh yeah, that's the late one. That's the late one. That's the late one. Always late. Because it was poor communication. But with healthy conflict, you're able to resolve the situation. And what it does is it encourages the other person to speak up. Because people, they don't, they might not feel comfortable. They might not have the confidence or self-esteem. Or they might feel intimidated or insecure coming to you and saying, hey, you know, I don't have a car. I have to rely on public transportation. And because of that, my, you know, schedule's wonky at times. It's hard for me to be here at 2, but the bus gets me here at one fifty-seven, and I run across the street, and I get here as best I can, but I don't get here until 2.05. And they just don't feel empowered enough. They don't feel encouraged enough to speak up. And that's what you have to do if you want to instill trust in others, is you have to create an environment where you encourage people to speak up where you encourage people to feel empowered. I, I absolutely hate when I go to a retail store and I, I walk up and I'm like, I have a problem. Can you help me? And they're like, well, hang on, let me get a manager. Why? Why can't you listen to my problem and fix it? Why is it that you're not empowered by the leaders in the store that you can't make a decision on something in the store. If I have a return, why aren't you fully capable of reasoning the fact of explaining your return policy, of figuring out if my, if I qualify for a return and making that decision? It's because you have leaders who fear giving to make fear making you empowered. Because if you're empowered. That means that you can make decisions. And some people are threatened by that. Some leaders, some healers are very, very intimidated by an empowered person. I personally am a very empowered patient. When I go to the doctor's office, it is my care. It is my body. It is my health. I don't, I'm not, I am definitely not someone who just takes the advice without any kind of research. You know, it's called practicing medicine for a reason. And there are so many good doctors and healers out there. But sometimes you need to weed out some very poor ones. And the only way to do that is taking charge of your health, taking charge of what's being put in your body, taking charge of you feeling empowered as a patient. 
anytime that I, in my life, that something has occurred, uh, happened to me, I have done research and I figured out what it is. I worked with my doctors, not against my doctors. I, I never go in and, and think like I know more. But I also don't go in thinking that they know everything. And that's the difference. That's empowerment. Because I trust, but I also verify. As a leader and as a follower, I trust and verify. If I'm leading a group, if I'm leading a team, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I need this done, this done, this done, this done. And then they tell me it's done. I'm great. I trust that it got done. However, I'm still going to verify it. Because there's a lot of times where my name is on the door, my name is on, on paperwork or whatever, I need to make sure it was done right. Because even though the person says, I did it, was it done correctly? So you need to check up every now and then. You need to spot check things. You need to trust and verify and set the expectation that this is how you lead. If you're going to be a future leader yourself, I need you to be able to trust and verify. I need you to empower others. I need you to delegate. I need you to follow up. Because delegation without follow-up is just wishful thinking. Okay, I can sit there and make a to-do list and delegate out things all week long. And then on Saturday, I'm like, how did everybody do? Oh, we did good. How much did you get done? Oh, well, I got two things done off my list of 20 things. What? <laughs> but had I been following up every day to see how things are, I would have realized that, hey, you know, you had some obstacles that you didn't know how to overcome, and I could have easily helped you with those obstacles. So you just want to make sure that as a, as a leader, as a healer, even as a follower, as a patient, that you trust and verify, that you set expectations. If, you're, if, you, if someone is currently leading you, set expectations of your training, of, your manage, of the way that you want them to manage you. I have no problem managing up when I'm in any kind of hierarchy. I will go to my immediate supervisor and say, look, you know, I, I'm really good at what I do. And I will do I will follow policy, I will do everything. However, I need to be treated with respect. When you come into the room, you don't just start talking. You ask me how my day is. You say hello. It drives me insane when I when I used to have a team and they would just walk in the door. I hadn't seen them for several days, and they just start barking and going right into the issues. And, I, and I'm like, hey, stop. Take a deep breath. How are you today? How about you say hello to me? How about you treat me like a human? Now that that's out of the way, how can I help you? And when you do that enough, people start to realize, oh shit, okay, I need to, I need to just calm down. You know, let me get in the door and put my bag down <laughs> before you start attacking me with problems, that kind of stuff. You know, so 
I set the expectation as a leader that I'm a human, but I also set the expectation as a worker that I'm a human. And that I deserve respect because I respect myself. And because of that, you need to, I need to earn your respect. Yes, I need to earn your trust, but you need to make sure that you're allowing that, that you're not so closed off, that you don't respect my position, that you don't respect me, that you don't respect my thinking, my words. Because how can I trust you as a leader if you don't trust me? How can I trust you as a leader if you don't set expectations for what you need from me? If you're currently a leader or a healer and you have not set expectations with your client or your subordinates, then they have no idea how to work with you. And you need to figure that out because they can't trust you if they don't know what it means to work with you. As a life coach, I lay it all out. When, when I do my, my initial consultation with someone, I let people know the expectations. I do not want to work with you if you are not coachable. If you think you know everything and you just want to come to me because you think that it might help, but every time that I make a suggestion you want to argue with me, screw that. Okay, I'm not looking for an argumentative client, but I'm also not looking for a passive client. I'm looking for an empowered client that wants to improve in certain areas of their life by listening and learning, but also acknowledging all that they already do know and already know how good they are. They just need some tweaking and some guidance. And they're open to it. They, they, you know, I'm looking for clients who want to think outside the box and that it's okay for me to push them outside their comfort zone a little bit at a time. But I don't want a client that's so passive that I'm telling them what to do. Don't, and don't be that kind of follower if, for someone lead, if, if someone is leading you. But also don't be that kind of leader. Look for followers who are empowered. Look for followers who might know more than you do. And don't be threatened by them. Because if you're so insecure in your own gifts and abilities, then other people are going to see that insecurity and they're not going to trust you. So be coachable. No matter your position. I don't care if you're a CEO of a company. If you're not coachable, then you're a bad CEO. Because you need to change Energy is about change daily. I mean, our lives change daily. Just 30 seconds ago, you're different than who you were. That's change. It's a constant. So you have to be okay with that. Being authentic is a huge part of that. Because unless you're authentic with yourself, you can't be authentic with other people. And that's another way that you build trust. When you build authentic relationships, you speak your truth. And there are times where I tell people, hey, you know what? When we first did our consultation, we were together a couple, 
couple of sessions, everything was great. You were very coachable. But now it's like you you kind of turned off. Every time that I say something, you're very argumentative. Where did I lose you? What what what's going on? We need to talk about this. And again, I'm speaking my truth. I'm having important conversations that may produce conflict. I may have done something wrong and not realized it. They may have something going on in their life that I don't realize because we haven't talked. So by speaking your truth, we can figure things out. That especially goes in any kind of entrepreneur, solopreneur, leadership position, the healing position, because if you don't speak your truth, you're not going to get to the facts. And the facts are what's so important. This kind of stuff builds loyalty. Because I'm very loyal to my clients, and my clients are very loyal to me. I have built lifelong friendships with clients that I had 10 years ago. We were together for two months working on things. And at the end of the two months, they just went off on their own and they excelled, but we remained in contact and we became friends. Because it's, it's that kind of deep relationship of respect, empowerment, uh, listening, uh, pride. So many incredible things that are built in, in a coaching relationship. A lot of people say it's like, you know, you're a professional best friend. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of true. You know, a, a life coach is really a professional best friend. But then when, when you're done working together, it doesn't mean your relationship ends because you, you went through some real stuff together. There were aha moments. There were treasured memories that, that both of you. And, and, you know, I when I'm healing someone or when I'm leading someone or when I'm coaching someone, I become a better person because I interacted with that person. So I value that. And all of the life experiences that I have had are what make me a good coach. And I support my clients. And I, I, I really am grateful for my clients. And I'm grateful that my clients become friends. And that's how you build trust. That's how you build followers because I'm a creative problem solver because I believe in others because I'm loyal but I also expect that in return I want to be surrounded by people who are loyal I want to surround myself with people who are problem solvers who see a situation and don't just collapse who see a situation and don't give up who see a situation and they're just like, well, I can't do anything about it, so I'm not going to change. I remember many times in my life where I'm with a group of people and something bad is happening in, in a group, whether someone's being bullied, someone's being taken advantage of, some, something, and everybody just stood there and watched. And I'm like, what the hell? I, I think it was one of Marvel movies, you know, superhero movies. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And at the end, and everybody's clapping. And it's like a feel-good movie. Everybody was just like really empowered of seeing all this heroic stuff on on the screen. And then they get up, and people are, are getting out. And a woman who was probably in her 80s, I would say, fell 
down some steps in the movie theater. And her daughter screamed and, and was there trying to help her, but her daughter was, was small and, and frail. And, you know, the woman was laying there. Have I just watched? And I'm like eight rows away. And I saw it because of the, the where I was in my the, the height of the row I was in. I was able to see this whole thing. But between me and this woman were about 30 people. Not one of them reacted. They just watched her daughter saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Can I, you know, and trying to help her up struggling and they just fucking watched. And I blazed trail through those 30 people because I'm a big guy. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the way kind of mentality. But I wasn't rude, but I was just, you know, in the situation. And I got down there and I bent down and I helped this woman get her mother up off the floor while people just fucking watched. Just stop watching things happen around you. You are empowered. You are creative. Believe in yourself. That's what life is. It's going to make you a good leader. It's what's going to make you a good follower because you need to be both. If you're going to work in a profession where you're healing others, you have to lead. But you also need to know when to listen and follow. You have to be okay that your patient or your client is empowered and that they want to be included in decisions with their health. As a leader, you need to be okay that the person who's in your department has ideas that feels empowered, that is taking ownership. And when you, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a healer, are like that, people are going to trust in you. And you're going to have very authentic relationships. You're going to have very authentic relationships. So I hope uh, I hope this I hope you got something out of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Just remember to listen. That's all. <laughs> Actively listen. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Always remember that. Always stay in your power. Always be authentic. And always realize how incredible you truly are as a person. How unique you are. Your uniqueness makes you special. So never let anyone take that away from you. And please never take that away from anyone. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll talk to you next time.